Hello and welcome to Being Youthful. I am Kim Beegler. I'm the owner of Youthful Fiber Farm and Mill. And if you are new, I'm gonna talk about wool. So if you like wool or you wanna learn about wool, or you're ready to take a deep dive into wool, I am here for you. Uh, I'll be talking about, I have some videos on wool skirting for beginners for sure. Uh, I'm sharing my newest cast on with some new yarns that are in the online shop. And I'm even gonna share, I think, what I'm reading because I've been meaning to do this. I love reading and I've kind of wanted to share and I would love to hear from you all about what you're reading too. So whether you're watching or listening and if you're returning, thank you so much for coming back. I so appreciate you all and I love to hear from you all always. So um, don't forget to comment, to like, so to subscribe, whatever, wherever you're, if you're watching or listening, please let, let the, app algorithms know that you enjoy what I'm doing. Okay, onward. So, and there are chapters, you all. So if you wanna skip, just skip over to the chapters down in the, somewhere in there, somewhere in the YouTube world, you can click through the chapters. So um, I am trying to chapter stuff out. So you can skip if you'd like to. Okay, first we're gonna start with viewer questions because, and I hope my camera does not do what it just did, which it decided to stop and re-record. Hopefully we'll keep going. Okay, so Sandy asked, from episode 78, I had talked about the difference between a ram fleece and a U fleece and some attributes that you may easily be able to tell. She asked if a weather has the same attributes as a ram. So a weather is a castrated sheet, basically. Um, and my answer is a little bit like, maybe, <laughs> if that helps. I would say in general, no. A weather fleece is not going to have that same strong smell, which is a hormone-related smell. And once they're castrated, most of those hormones are gone. Not all, but most. So the smell, I think, and the smell is kind of that way of like kicking up to the females, like it's time, right? It's one of the signals to the females so that it's time to make some babies. So the weathers don't have that same drive anymore or those same intense hormones. Um, so in general, I would say that the weather fleeces are not going to smell. I haven't really found mine to smell. Um, now that said, you could castrate a ram way down the line in life because they're wonderful and you want to keep them around. Um, and then that fleece, I'm not, I don't know how much those hormones would phase out over the years. I'm not sure. Um, as far as the hairs, I think you're more inclined to see some of those hairy fibers in weathers than you would in a U, say, um, because depending on when, you know, when they're first born, obviously they've got the hormones starting to kick up. If you castrate them right then at, not right then, but a lot of times castration happens like in the first week or so, you're probably going to nix a lot of that change in the fiber. Uh, if you wait and castrate them a little bit later, or maybe not until five or six months, then you're probably going to get some of those attributes of that more hairy like fiber that you especially see in the heritage breeds like the Icelandics and the Shetlands, um, I would say. So it's kind of a yes and no answer to the question. Um, but I hope that helps. Arwen asked about the natural versus the dyed fibers in my last episode where I had the East Frisian bats. So the brown in that fiber was the natural colored that, that the shear gave to me. So that was the natural colored. The stuff that I had dyed out in like purples, that was white. 
Uh, so they both started out as natural colored white and one was the brown. The brown I left completely natural, didn't touch. The white got dyed into reds and purples and blues to create that beautiful combo. So hope that answers that question. And the last one, this is for Jessica. She was, I think this was in the last episode, I was talking about knitting with both hands, knitting continental left-handed and knitting as a thrower with my right hand. And she was thinking about learning continental, but was wondering how, kind of was wondering how hard the switch was going to be for her. My answer is you can do it. I mean, my answer to just about anything you all is you can do it. You can do it. That's the type of personality I have. And that's what I try to instill in everybody that I teach or otherwise like inspire. You can do it. Um, I only learned to continental maybe four or five years ago. If even that, and I did it because I wanted to increase my speed at knitting and also offer a little dexterity. Well, if something happens to my right hand, I've got a left hand, although you still kind of need both hands. But really the main reason is we all get some aches and pains from excessive making, right? And so I thought this was an option to give one hand the repetitive motion while the other hand gets a different repetitive motion and be able to switch it up a little bit more, basically prolong my knitting life. Um, so I think you absolutely can do it. Go to the show notes. I'll put a link in this blog again, or in this episode again, to get to the blog article I wrote. It also has a great link to where I learned to continental knit. So you can do it. I think you can do it. Just everything takes practice, right? Like learning to spin yarn. It takes practice, but if you're committed and you want to do it, you absolutely can. Okay, quick farm update. The animals are cooler. They feel better. I feel better. I have a little more free time because I'm not running around trying to keep them cool constantly and being worried about them. So a big sigh of relief as we have cooler weather, even almost fall-like weather coming our way, and the smoke has dissipated in our area, which is lovely. We can see some blue skies again, which is really nice. The sheep especially are not panting, which is a lovely thing for me to see. And the chickens are much happier. So um, Grassy Farm, we are, um, they are turning the dirt and getting ready to basically kind of wait to plant. So what happens now is the dirt gets turned. And the reason you do that is to try to cut down on weeds and on insects for the next year. Uh, and then you want to have the soil ready to plant also. So we are, that's what they are all doing is turning the dirt. You ideally wait for a little bit of rain. You turn a field one more time after that rain, and then you plant with rain on the horizon. These are all the ideal worlds that, as we all know, this is not necessarily how weather goes these days, but in an ideal world, you don't want to put the seed in and then have no rain come for two months because there's nothing to help that seed grow. So, um, that's where we're at, getting closer to slowing down, which is a great thing because I really crashed uh, over this weekend. Crashed hard. I generally don't run out of energy. I ran out of energy. So I was listening to my body. There's no male videos this time, but there is skirting videos um, because I just, I'm just taking it a little easier this week and listening to all the things telling me to slow down. Um, so that's where we're at with the grass seed farm. Mill days before I forget, September 9th and September 23rd, both Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I will be here, the mill shop will be open and I will be thrilled to see you. We had a wonderful turnout this last week. Lots of new people came through. We always have new people coming to sit and join to make. You can come through and shop or you can sit and, and spend the day here. 
that's normal. Um, and we always have smiles and are very excited for anybody who knew who walks in the door, whether you decide to sit or not. So um, come on out. There's snacks. There's all the things. Yarn, fiber, good. Okay, new cast on because I have new yarns in the online shop and in the mill shop as well. So my new cast on is, I'm way behind on this, but I cast on for the Sophie scarf. It is by Petite Knits, I believe. I'm just petite knitting it up. So here is my Sophie scarf and it's kind of a mess. I only had, I could not find a 24 inch <laughs> cable for my knitting needles to save my life. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so here is my Sophie scarf. And I love it. And it's in a new yarn. So this is a really um, simple pattern. If you haven't looked at it, it's just a little tiny. You can do a tiny version where it's a little scarf that just ties, fits around your neck and ties. Or you can do the larger version, which it'll go twice around your neck and then you give it a tie. I love anything that does not dangle that I can tuck in or tie, especially when I'm at the mill during the winter because it's very cold in here and I need something that will not risk getting caught up in machinery. So I'm really excited about this and I wanted to have a sample of this new yarn that is in the shop. Um, this is Utopia yarn. She is in Vermont, has a wool mill in Vermont, and this is her sustainable. So it's 100% wool. I am knitting this on a size six. I probably could have done a size seven easily, but I started on a size four as the pattern calls for not happening because it was too dense. It was just too dense with this yarn. There wasn't a lot of drape. And in the, and in the pattern, she's using something with maybe cashmere, something like that. So there's a lot of drape. Um, so I went up to a six and I'm much happier with it because I want it to have structure still, but also some drape to it because it's going to be around my neck. This is a next to skin yarn for sure. So let me show you the yarn, right? And this is a super simple pattern. You start with six. It's a very easy repeat on it. It's going to be a quick knit. I'm happy with it and I will wear it. I love a good sample that also I will wear the heck out of. So this yarn is, like I said, it's Utopia. It's a 100% Midwest fine wools, next to skin. Fine wool equals next to skin. She says, including Targi, Rambouillet, Merino, and for the kicker, my favorite CVM. California Variegated Mutant, the underrated fine wool, I believe. So you ready to see some of the colors? These are all in the online shop now. Here we go with some of these colors that are spectacular stop it right there i really am loving so this is grapefruit this is i should know because i want to go home and marry it this is glacier this is summertime summertime which is we just had a little restock on um there's more you all there's the peachy keen that i have um i gotta put them down i can't hold them all uh, there is Garland. These are all pictured in the online shop too. So if you're listening, go check it out. Black raspberry. There is a natural smoke. So a beautiful gray. Peachy keen I showed you. And there's one. There may be another one that I didn't grab. But one of them just took a dive. So I'm going to go get her. Because holy cow. Dragon scales. Stop it. Okay. So absolutely gorgeous. Next to skin made in the USA by a small mill, bigger than me, 
but much smaller than a commercial mill, commercial, commercial size mill. So love it. If you're looking for some new yarn to try out, check out the website. I will put a link in the show notes. I think you will love it. I do. And my friend Wendy is knitting. She, I think she may be done with the shawl when she's watching this and it is beautiful. Maybe she'll let me borrow it so I can show you all, all the play on the colors, but super fun. Okay. So let's head to some videos because I think I'm ready to head to some videos. So we have wool skirting videos and I decided to, I was skirting some Jacob wool yesterday in lieu of going for a run because I was too tired. <laughs> so I did a little wool skirting to help kind of ease my anxiety. When my wool pile gets too big, my anxiety level rises with it when I see it. So I decided to go through, I was skirting some Jacob, made this video for you all because it's basically kind of a beginner skirting video. When I first started skirting wool, which was when it first came off of my sheep and I had to figure out what the heck to do with it. I was so, I was watching videos and it's like, here, make sure you have the head laid out and know where the legs were and this and that. And it completely tripped me up. Like I was so focused on getting this thing laid out correctly. I didn't know what the heck was going on. So I've never gone back to, to that sort of perfect skirting. I'll say I am like a throw the fleece out, get the stuff out. You don't want, however pretty or not pretty it is and just make it happen there. You don't, there doesn't have to be a rules to all this. You don't have to take certain fiber out. You don't have to take any, I mean, you can leave the vegetable matter in if you like it. What the heck? Um, it's your wool. Don't send it to the wool mill full of vegetable matter and poop and all the things, but especially if you're processing it at home, you can do whatever the heck you want. So I just wanted to make a video like that because when you're skirting, the idea is just get the fleece out on something. Ideally something where stuff will fall out from underneath, like a chicken wire table or anything like that. Um, if you don't have that, I show you in the video how you can just like literally pull chunks of it off and shake it out uh, as you're skirting. There are different ways to do this. It doesn't have to be pretty and perfect. You just want to get it done. Um, so I just wanted to make a video like that for you. You're trying to get poop out. You're trying to get vegetable matter out. You're taking the wool out that you don't want in it. That doesn't mean you can't leave wool in it that somebody else would take out. So it's just however you want to do it. I just want it to be approachable. Um, if you are listening, if you're listening to the audio only version of this, I'm going to leave the skirting video in because I think you can still get a lot from hearing me talk through it, but you can always pop over to YouTube if you want to watch the video. Um, yeah, so let's head to that. I also have a quick video of a not so skirting of some new wool that came into my life. So I will show you the why I'm not going to skirt this wool. Okay, see you all in a minute. Enjoy. Okay, let's get to it. So I'm gonna move the camera around as needed, but I am here skirting out some Jacob. So this is Jacob Cheap's wool, and I will move the camera around as, but I just wanted to make a video that would show you that skirting fleeces does not have to be stressful and it shouldn't be stressful, right? It should be fun. So the first thing I've got, so the fleece is folded in on itself. So what we're seeing here is the cut side and you can see there are some second cuts. That's these little um, dabs of color that you're seeing in there and I'll move you closer in a minute, but you can kind of see here, that's a little white second cut. These, the fleeces I get this year is not super concerned with second cuts. So we do have to do a lot of pulling. And what I'm gonna do, this is a pretty sizable fleece. I am going to 
just lay it out. And as I'm laying it out, I'm going to pull out all these little second cuts or any VM that drops. I'm lucky in that these Jacob fleeces, um, generally speaking, do not have a lot of VM. They are on pasture all year round for the most part, so not tons of VM. So here we are, I'm laying my fleece out. It does not have to be perfect. I don't care where the head was. You'll kind of figure it out as you get more comfortable with skirting, but it really doesn't matter. The point is just lay it out. I have it on the cut side down so you can see the tops of the locks here. And it doesn't even fit on my skirting table that well. This may have been a ram fleece. Um, and that's okay, it doesn't have to fit. The idea is that you're putting it on a table, like you can see here, that has mesh, so that stuff can fall through. And underneath my table is just tons of vegetable matter, second cuts, all that stuff. So as I'm going through, I'm gonna start pulling stuff and I'm gonna try to explain to you what I'm pulling. So you can see here, there's just a ton of little second cuts in here and the fiber is not that great. So I'm just gonna start. And I just chuck mine on the floor, obviously depending. And I just wanted to get this moved over a little bit. Okay, uh, these fleeces, I am able to keep the belly wool and stuff. So most of the time we don't have to worry about that. But I wanna show you here, right in front of us, is a good example of some fiber that I am going to get rid of. And you can see, this is really, really coarse and hairy. You can see kind of how thick that is in comparison to, let me grab some in here. Do you see how nice and fluffy that is? And I'll put them side by side. You can see this has, it's just markedly different. This is probably down by the rear on the back legs and stuff. And that wool I'm gonna take out. Now you could, I'm gonna pull back so you can see, I am not perfect at it, but I'm like, okay, this big chunk I don't want. Now, this is your fleece. If you want this wool in there and it's clean, it's just gonna be really coarse. So if you want to make something with coarse wool, you could set it aside and have a pile of coarse stuff, or you could leave it in there and just blend it all together. This is your fleece. Nobody's gonna yell at you. There's no right and wrong. So just do what you wanna do. So as I go along, I am going to be picking at VM. Here's another chunk. You can see this is the black wool. It's very hairy. It's very coarse. I don't want it. Usually the stuff down by their hind ends, I yank off because that's where the, the coarser stuff tends to be. One thing I didn't do and we'll do it now is we'll just pull a lock and make sure it's got a nice good staple length. Nothing's breaking when I do that. I can hear a little click, so we're good. Okay, so I'm just gonna keep going through. Something else I look at is if I, if the fleece is sort of already felted. So sometimes you'll get a fleece and you go to pull and it's like, I mean, literally it's taking all the energy in you to pull it apart. Right here, I'm having to pull a little bit harder, but it is pulling apart and I think it'll clean up well, so I'm gonna leave it. If I was literally like yanking with all my might, I would toss that. So let's come over here and I gotta take my microphone so we don't lose that and we'll work a little bit over here and i won't skirt out or maybe i'll do it in fast motion so you can kind of see but it usually takes me five to ten minutes to skirt a fleece now a couple of things i am skirting a jacob fleece which is a heritage breed sorry you all so here's another big chunk of that 
rear end wool. It would be, you know, if you were a weaver, you may not care if that's there. If you want a nice sturdy uh, warp, then that might be just fine for you. Uh, it might also catch a little bit. So I know weavers will have comments about that, but I'm just trying to give examples here. So I'm just gonna keep moving through the fleece. This fleece is really actually quite clean. So I'm going to pull these little second cuts. And I also will go through and you can see underneath, you always kind of want to look at underneath too, and you can give it a good shake so that stuff falls out. So before I put it in the bag, I'm going to give it a good shake before I want to make sure you all can see me. So I'm just going through, like I said, I don't care where the head is, where anything is. I'm kind of flipping it back and forth, just taking a peek. It doesn't all need to stay together in one piece. Whether you're processing this yourself or you're sending it to a mill, they do not care. They don't care if it's all in one piece or if it's chunked out because when we go to wash this, we're gonna tear it all up anyway. So um, I'm just gonna kind of go through here and I'm gonna pull off. I'll show you what I'm pulling here. You can come around the side with me actually and watch. So here it's a little bit different, but it's the same idea as what we were seeing before. Let me go in here. And this is just kind of a different, it's, it's really thick. It's a little bit coarser. It's a little bit felted on the tips there. You can see there's some dirt and poo probably. So I'm just going to yank it off. I take it off because you know what? They're always going to make more wool. There will be more wool in the world. So um, if you buy a fleece that's already skirted, you can see here's some gunk. I'm just going to yank the bits off there and it looks a little bit piecey. I'm going to yank it off. I'll keep going. Picking out second cuts. You know, the nice thing with a Jacob or heritage fleece, or I should say any kind of medium to, to heavier coarse wools, they're probably gonna open up well. And a lot of those second cuts and a lot of EM is going to fall out while you are processing it. Now, that doesn't mean don't skirt it because if you're sending it to a mill, they want it skirted. But know that that stuff's gonna come out. If you are doing a scroll back here so you can see a little bit better. If you are doing um, a fine wool, you are not going to have that luck. That VM and those second cuts are going to stay with you till the end. So you need to do a better job of skirting. Here's a big old chunk here. And this actually was already separated, but you can see how different it's really blocky. I would say it's a blocky kind of a lock there. Everything's kind of felted on the tips. So I'm not gonna bother keeping that. It's dirty. It's just not the greatest wool. And so that's gonna go in my to-go pile. So I'll just keep going through. And you know, depending on the fleece, this fleece is not gonna take a lot of work because it was in pretty good shape. But I go through, before I put it in the bag, I'll give it a good shake. And I'll show you an example here. And um, that's kind of the best way that I have come up with skirting wool. You know, it doesn't have to be a kind of the key things are getting the vegetable matter out, getting the fiber out that you don't want, whatever that is. There's no, like I said, there's no rules to this. It's your fiber. You do what you want. If you're sending it to a mill, be a little more mindful. Now, a lot of times the stomach wool can be a little bit coarser or dirtier or just worn and I would toss it. But on this fleece, the stomach wool is looking just fine. And I can tell it's usually you can tell it's stomach wool because it's a little bit more weathered. It's a little bit shorter a lot of times because I think just friction of it being hit across the ground, you know, a lot of times it hits the ground. So, um, 
get the VM out as much as you can, get the uh, second cuts out, and let me show you kind of what I talk about when I'm gonna shake one. You know, I'll get it out of the way, and a lot of times what I'll do before I put it in a bag is I'll pull a chunk off, and then I'll just give it a good shake like this. And you can see a lot of stuff will fall out, ideally not into the parts of the fleece I haven't done this to. Even some big chunks are there. So, hopefully you guys can hear me okay. My microphone I know is getting a little bit worked in this. So, then I would put it in the bag if I was happy with it. And I kind of go through in chunks. Okay, I chucked that one out. Let me get another piece, shake that one out, start bagging it up. I'm actually going to separate out, I think, the white out of this wool because there's a fair amount of it and the last fleece I did had a fair amount. So, um, that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, I hope that helps with your, and I think what I'll do is maybe just try to do this in fast speed for you all, but lay the fleece out, make sure the locks aren't gonna break on you, that they're still good and healthy. Do a good skirting to get off the fiber you want, to get the VM out, to get the second cuts out, to get the poop out for sure. This fleece didn't even really have big chunks of poo, um, which sometimes they can. And then just go through and give it a good shake, get it back in your bag or get it ready to get washed and you're good to go. Okay, I hope that helps. All right, you all, I have moved on to another fleece, but I just wanted to show you one of the biggest things I do, and I don't know if I mentioned it, but you probably saw it, but didn't really think any of it. One of the main things I'm doing when I'm skirting a fleece is opening and doing a little shake. So I really open those locks up while I have it on the skirting table because then stuff can fall through. Well, the more you open up those locks, whether it's in the skirting process or in the washing process, the more stuff can fall out. And when you're washing, the more the soap can get through. So it's really important. Anyway, the point of all of this is just to show you it's not that challenging. It shouldn't be stressful. It shouldn't be hard. Don't worry about laying the fleece out the right way, you know, quote unquote the right way. Just do what's going to work for you. When you're washing, you can always continue picking, which I am doing constantly. And I'm going to kind of roll this so I can see the other side. Um, but this is looking pretty good. So, um, but don't be afraid to buy a fleece and then don't be afraid to break into it and just start working with it because there's going to be more fleeces. They keep making more. So, okay. Have fun y'all. Okay. I hope that the skirting video was helpful for you. Um, I will try to do more as I come out with different breeds and, um, just give you an idea of how I do them, but it doesn't have to be stressful. It shouldn't be stressful. This should all be super fun. So just figure out a method that works for you and make it happen. It's, it's the same way that I teach hand spinning. If you are making a yarn you like, it doesn't matter really how you get there. I'll give you principles and standards to start with, but whatever gets you there and gets you having fun and makes it not stressful, that's what I want for you. So, um, I hope that helped. Okay, quickly, what I'm reading, because I've been meaning to share this, and I would love to hear from you all what you are reading, because uh, I'm always looking for great ideas. I really try to listen. Personally, I try to read for different authors' voices. I think it's a great way to bring different worlds into your world, right? Um, so I tend not to read a ton of the same author unless I really fall in love. Obviously, that happens to all of us, right? But lately more, I am a little more all over the board in what I'm reading. So 
I finished this, and I think I mentioned this book before, but I'm going to mention it again in case you haven't read it yet. And I know it's backwards for you all. When Women Were Dragons. Kelly Barnhill is the author. When Women Were Dragons. This is in my top favorite books of a lifetime at this point. So good. And yes, there are dragons in it. And no, that is not my usual reading thing. And I think it's why this book hasn't gained a greater mass of people in love with it is because it's like in the wrong section of the bookstore. For those of us that don't read sci-fi, it's, uh, it would be, I think it's generally in the sci-fi section. I, I am not a sci-fi reader, so I don't ever go to that section. And I think it's getting missed for that reason. It has picked up some steam for sure. Last time, I think I got a second edition when it first came out. Um, last time I looked, it was in like the 11th edition and it was very hard to get a copy of it. Even from the library, there were long waiting lists. So um, get on the list if you're a library person or see if you can track down a copy of this. It is amazing. I like to think of it as like a, a happier handmaid's tale with dragons. How's that? Very inclusive, very well-written, very... It's just a beautiful, beautiful book, I think. So pick it up, Kelly Barnhill. So this is her for first forte, I believe, into writing purely for adults. She usually writes young adult versus writing for adults. So um, I decided to pick up one of her young adult books. And, and the reason that it's considered young adult, I believe the understanding that I have of young adult is like there's no graphic, there's no sexual innuendo it's just it's for young adults it's clean right so this is called the girl who drank the moon i am almost done with this like i will finish it tonight probably holy cow it didn't like so when i picked up when women were dragons i i couldn't stop i couldn't stop i was all in dragons and all let's do this this book took me a little bit longer it was more of a slow roll through it and now that i'm in the i think the last quarter of the book is like Oh my gosh, she's done it again. Um, or she did this first, I should say. It's so good. And she just writes so beautifully, I think. Her message is just on point in the two books of hers I've read. And I highly recommend. So, um, and this one did win a John Newbery medal. And um, both are really good. You guys, I think that's it. I think I'm going to wrap it up and get out of here. This is actually my second take because my audio didn't work on the first take. Gotta love that technology. Anyway, thank you all so much for coming along for this week's ride. I am getting ready. My uh, online course for beginning hand spinners is getting ready to launch again in October. So if you are thinking about learning to hand spin, um, and you don't have your wheel yet, this is the time if you want to be part of the course to get that wheel. There is a free guide on my website. I will put a link in the show notes on buying your first spinning wheel. Um, if you love what I'm doing here, please consider jumping over to my Patreon account and supporting and becoming a member in my community there. Uh, it helps to fund all of this different content I put out there. I love doing this, but it does take a bit of time away from making the actual product that helps financially support the business. So um, if you like what I'm doing, please consider jumping over to Patreon. Link in the show notes. Thank you so much, everybody. Stay healthy out there. Be kind to your neighbors and all around you and make so many pretty things until I see you next. Thank you.